0: If you could take out your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to be in several passages of Scripture this morning, so be ready to turn in your Bible uh, quite a bit this morning. Uh, today, we're going to go away from our current series, I Didn't Know, to talk about freedom, because today we celebrate our Independence Day, our nation's independence. It is a day set aside that we might celebrate our freedom as men and women in this country and what it is to really be free, to reflect on what it means and the cost for us to be free as men and women in this country. Those of you who have trusted Jesus Christ as your savior, you have a greater freedom to celebrate, their freedom from bondage of sin and, and, and from a debt that we never could pay ourselves, right? A debt we never could pay. As believers, we are called to walk in that freedom and understand that that freedom is ours through the death of Jesus Christ upon the cross. We're to remember what it cost Jesus on the cross, we need to realize that Uh, being free, freedom never comes cheap. It never is free. And and it always is bought with the price, and it's always maintained with the struggle. This morning, if you have your outlines, if you don't have one, there's one outside the middle doors after the ministry counter. I want to give you three types of freedom so we understand the freedom that we enjoy today. And the first type is political freedom that we enjoy, political freedom. If you have your Bibles, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23 through 27. It says, By faith Moses' parents hid him for three months, and after he was born, because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God, rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to be to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Moses paid a price for his freedom that he had. His parents, it took incredible faith for Moses' parents to put him in a basket. Can you imagine that? Putting your child in a basket and putting it there, and trusting that Pharaoh's daughter would have pity upon him. It took incredible faith. For 40 years, Moses was a prince of Egypt. And at that time, it was the wealthiest culture and advanced society of the time. It was the world empire at that time. But Moses gave up the luxury of a palace, and he left Egypt because he stood up for his people. And also because uh, he had to flee Egypt because Pharaoh was trying to kill him. So Moses lived in the wilderness for 40 years. It cost 40 years of Moses' life. It was the price he had to pay to be the liberator of his people. We also see other people in the Old Testament were heroes and also paid a price for the freedom. We look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 35. Skip down to verse 35 through 38 and listen to what it says. It says, women received back their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground, the Bible says. Sometimes persecution is inescapable and sometimes it's not. To the person of faith, the one who knows Jesus Christ as their savior, no persecution is capable that requires us to either deny or compromise God's word in our lives, right? We cannot do that. And we are not, we, we will never avoid persecution. We are never called to walk away from our faith or compromise our faith. We must stand firm in our faith and we cannot compromise that at all. The word tortured here is from the Greek word called tabanizo. And it's from the same root word as we get our word, tippany is kind of a kettle drum. And the torture referred to here is stretching a victim over this large, like, kettle drum instrument, and then taking a club and beating them off until dead, is what it's talking about here. And so many people, because of their faith, were, had to endure mental and physical anguish, as long, also as mockings and scourgings. And, and many felt—had uh, to deal with terrible persecutions, often to lead to death, to follow God. Jeremiah was emotionally and physically abused, and he was called the weeping prophet. He endured to continue to endure all sorts of pain and suffering for the sake of God's Word. Tradition holds that Isaiah was sawn in two. The people became so irritated at his powerful preaching that they sawed him in two to shut him up. The many kinds of suffering mentioned here in these passages of verses generally referred to the the faithful servants of God, the faithful servants of God. And they're a summary of the many and various persecutions that they faced, that God's people face and endure, that have been called by him. It's all through history we see this. It's all through history. And it will be in the future too. Whether they were killed or made outcast, what we see, they courageously and uncompromisingly suffered for the Lord because of their faith. They did it. They did not back down. They did not compromise. They did not give in. America, too, has paid a price for their political freedom. Our nation's liberty did not come cheap. Hundreds of thousands of people gave their lives so you and I can enjoy the freedom we have today. Up on the screen, I have a list of America's costs for freedom. And uh, I'm going to go through these numbers, but these numbers, they're just not numbers. They're individuals' lives. People who have given their lives for you and I that we enjoy the freedom that we have today. I got this from a few surveys and stuff like that. They might not be exact, but they're pretty close to the numbers. Let's go through them. America's cost for freedom. The Revolutionary War, 4,435 people were killed. Imagine that, the people that died for our freedom from the very beginning. World War of 1812, 2,260 people killed. Mexican War. 1,733 people lost their lives. The Civil War, over 500,000 people were killed during the Civil War. The Spanish-American War, 2,446 people killed. World War I, 116,516 people killed. World War II, 405,399 people died fighting World War II. Korean War, 54,246 killed. Vietnam War, 58,220 killed. The Persian Gulf War, 1,948 killed. War on terrorism, over 8,300 people lost their lives. Over 1.1 American soldiers have given their lives in various wars since the birth of our nation in pursuing in defense of our freedom that we enjoy today. It's amazing how many people gave their lives. The cost is extremely high. Many people paid their price for political freedom. They paid, they gave their lives for your political freedom in which you enjoy today in this country. It did not come cheap. Let's talk about the second freedom we enjoy, the religious freedom. What I mean by religious freedom, it's the freedom to practice one's faith according to conviction, one's own conscience. You turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 70, you're in Hebrews, so go back to the left in the New Testament. It's after the four Gospels, but it's right before the book of Romans. What we have here in Acts chapter 7 is Stephen's the first martyr. And Stephen is kind of just finished giving kind of the history of Israel to the Jews in the surrounding area. And he's telling them right at the end of what he's sharing with them he's saying uh, you're being persecuted the prophets that god sent You was always persecuting god's people even the ones that talked about the promised one being sent and you even murdered him and this is the response of the people at that time in acts chapter 7 verse 54 through 60. you have it yes okay let's let's begin reading it, it says when they heard this they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him but stephen full of the holy spirit looked up to heaven And saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears, and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. That man Saul would become the Apostle Paul. The same man. He would have come to, in Acts chapter 9, he comes to the Lord. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. Stephen, standing up for his faith, was stoned to death, as we see. He stood up for his religious freedom. They killed him for what he believed, is what we see. Now turn your Bibles over to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. You're in the book of Acts. Go to Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, 2nd Corinthians, chapter 11, verse 23. We have the apostle Paul. He's sharing his own struggles that he had in his life for standing up for God. For the sake of the gospel is what we see here, is what Paul went through. And you see what this man endured, not just once, but many, many, many times, what he endured for following God, for his religious freedom. Acts, I mean, uh, 2nd Corinthians, chapter 11, verse 23. Do you have it? Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. Slowly turn in. Everyone look up when you have it. Okay, let's begin reading. The Apostle Paul writes, Are they servants of Christ? He says, I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received the Jews received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in dangers from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled, and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst, and have gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Paul is explaining what religious freedom has cost him. He's explaining all that he had to endure for what he believed, for his religious freedom. He had to endure all this because he stood up for what he believed. And people will always constantly, he says, I was running for my life. I had to hide, hide out because if people knew who I was, they would come after me and try to kill me and haul me off to prison. We see the persecution of the early church was, was, not, was constantly went on. The Roman Emperor Nero persecuted the church and he would take Christians and he would impale them and put pitch on them and then he would light them on fire so it would give him light at night. He would take Christians who were alive and sew them inside of animal skins. And the release to release the wild animals, allow them to tear them to pieces just for entertainment. That's what he did to Christians. We say they were constantly persecuted for what they believe. Some of the epistles talk about early, early church being persecuted. There were different times of per- persecution. And it's not ending. People are being persecuted around the world today. We have religious persecution throughout the history of Christianity, and it's not going to stop until Jesus comes back. John Huss was burnt at the stake in 1415. John Hugland was burned because he refused to denounce being a Protestant. William Tyndale, a Bible translator, was burned at the stake because of the translation of his Bible. The United States of America has religious freedom, has provided you religious freedom. The First Amendment the U.S. Constitution says, Congress shall make no law concerning the establishment of religion, prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Religious freedom was not always automatic, even in our own country. The Puritans and Dutch and the early settlers oppose freedom of religion of any other religion except their own. And so we would love to have all Americans be Christians, wouldn't we? We would love to have that. But we can't force that on anyone. They have to make the choice themselves to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. We can't force that on anyone. It's a choice. While there's much dismay in our country about uh, we can't read the Bible, we can't pray inside the schools, if there was freedom of reading the Bible inside of schools... We'd have to allow them to read other faiths inside of the schools. And then our children would be, have to learn the catechism of other faiths. And they have to learn false religions. And we don't want to put our children into that, do we? See, in church, we can sing, we can laugh, we can shout, and we can pray, we can do all those things. The state does not require any specific order of service that we have to have. Uh, spies are not monitoring our, our service or our sermons, at least not that I know of, right? We don't know they're monitoring. I don't think they are we are free right now to go out there and share what we believe with anybody we come in contact with now that's freedom think about that what i'm teaching you today you go out and share with anybody it's not illegal people may ridicule you for it people may get upset with you about it but that's still that's freedom that we have that that we can share that with people i know with the woke movement It may become harder to to share about your faith with others, that uh, there are sinners in need of a Savior. But at this time, it's not. We can still share those things, right? We can complain about the woke movement, but at this time, we can still share what we believe. We still have this freedom. But there's a price we must pay to maintain political and religious freedom, right? There's a price that must be paid. In his book, The Will to Live On, Herman Woke tells of a meeting he had with Israel's first president, David Ben-Gurion, and how Ben-Gurion urged them to move to the newly planted nation. Ben-Gurion invited Herman and his wife uh, Sarah to, to his home in the Negev Desert. And the next day they came to a place they called the Fields of Mourning. It's a command, they, they were there taken in a command car, escorted by a jeep with a mounted machine gun on top. And Israel back in 1955 was this raw little country that was being constantly attacked in broad daylight by Fatahin terrorists from Egypt and Gaza. And when Herman and his wife Sarah were leaving, Ben-Gurion urged them to stay. He said to them, you must return here to live. This is the only place for Jews like you. Here you will be free. Free, Herman replied, you call this free? With enemy armies shooting at you. With the leaders publicly threatening to wipe you out. All of your roads are impassable after sundown. This is free? Ben-Gurion replied, I did not say safe. I said free. That's what it costs. Freedom many times brings danger, doesn't it? Brings danger in our lives. See so perhaps freedom brings more armed struggles and more battles that's going to come in our lives. We have to fight for freedom. Perhaps uh, cautioned, we have to be cautious when we travel abroad because many people in the world don't like the freedom that we enjoy each and every day. They don't like the freedom that Americans have wherever we travel. We might have to take a stand for our freedom. We may have to stand up for it many times. Because we're free people. And many people will try to take that freedom away. We found that happening in September September 11, 2001. They tried to take our freedom away. They want to make us afraid to do the things that free people do in a free society, don't they? And they want us to be afraid to enjoy our freedom. So there for a while, we're afraid to to, uh, actually fly in an airplane. For a while, we're afraid to go to the grocery stores. For a while, we're afraid to go to the malls. For a while, we were afraid to send our children to school. For a while, we were afraid to go to baseball games and football games and basketball games. Wherever there's a large crowd, we're afraid to go there. For a while, we were feeling what it felt like to to not have freedom. You remember that? And I can say from my own personal experience, I did not like that at all, to feel that way. That someone was trying to take our freedom away. And we kind of felt that again when COVID-19 pandemic came, didn't we? You felt that way again when the country was locked down. You felt like your freedom was taken away. They're telling me to stay home. I can't go to stores. I can't go here. They didn't even want us to go to church or any of those other things. We felt that. Remember how you felt. My freedom is taken away. I don't have that. You remember what it feels like, the freedom that we have. I love the freedom that we have in this country, and I don't want anyone or anybody ever take it away. I believe the freedom that we have is a gift from God and he's given it to us. And many times, freedom's going to cost us something. It's cost America greatly. Hundreds of thousands of lives have been sacrificed for the freedom that you and I enjoy each and every day, for that political or religious freedom that we enjoy. But there's a third freedom. A third freedom is our spiritual freedom. While religious freedom is outward, spiritual freedom is inward. And Uh, Religious freedom is a right to follow the faith of your own choice without coercion, pressure, or penalty. But the definition of spiritual freedom, I have three points. Freedom from slavery to inward compulsions and restrictions. Freedom from slavery to sin. Freedom from slavery to bondage that this world holds on you. See, no country can give you spiritual freedom. They can give you uh, uh, religious freedom, but they cannot give you spiritual freedom. One may be physically free to worship, uh, but inwardly be bound to oneself. One may be free to make ethical choices, but be a prisoner to one's own habits and impulses. One may be free before civil law, but be guilty before God. See, you, me, our society, and our nation cannot give you and I spiritual freedom. There's only one person who can give you spiritual freedom. And who is that? Oh, come on. Who's the one person who can give you spiritual freedom? Jesus. Amen. Jesus, don't be afraid to shout that out. He's the only one that can give you that. Jesus paid for your spiritual freedom. He gave it all for that, right? That freedom that Jesus offers you is eternal. It's for all of eternity. All other freedoms that you enjoy here on this earth are temporary. Did you know that? They're temporary. As long as you live on this earth, or as long as you live in this country, and that can all change. The freedom that Jesus provides for you is forever and can and never will change. It's for all of eternity what he gives us. What I want to do, I want to share a few passages of Scripture this morning. And I want you to sit back and just realize, you are, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have spiritual freedom. And just let them soak into your heart and your mind this morning as you listen to these verse, verses. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 is the first passage, where the writer writes, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfect of our faith, who for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the, of the throne of God. What this passage is saying is telling you and I that we are to fix our eyes upon Jesus, who's the author, who made salvation away for you and I and who sustains us in our salvation. And it's saying for you and I as as Christ followers, as believers in Jesus, we'll be Christocentric in our faith. We're to fix our eyes, narrow that focus upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and to follow him. Not put our eyes upon everything in the world, but just be focused on Christ, who made all this happen for you and I, who gave us the spiritual freedom by dying on the cross for our sins. But not only that, He's the one that sustains you today and keeps that salvation for you. You don't have to. Jesus has done that for you. The next verse is Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 through 5. It says, But when the time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15 says, For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under under the first covenant. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 through 6. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given in his proper time. We see here redeemed and ransom are words that are used to describe what Jesus did. What that means is to buy back or to purchase at a cost is what he did for us. It, it, our spiritual freedom did not come cheaply. It cost Christ everything, everything, the price of leaving heaven and coming to earth, the, the price of be betrayal and denial and mock trial, the price of physical crucifixion and death on that cross. It cost him everything. It cost him his very life. Do you realize that what it cost Jesus? Hopefully you do. It cost the Son of God everything. He gave us life. Spiritual freedom cost you and I nothing. It cost us nothing. Nothing. It cost us absolutely nothing. We know many people died in this world for our political freedom, and many people died for our our religious freedom. But we receive this spiritual freedom by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 16, verse 31 says, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. John 1, 12 tells us, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We Receive this spiritual freedom through faith in Jesus Christ. Receive it through Jesus, the only way. A long time ago, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, so I have spiritual freedom. And if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your, by faith, you have spiritual freedom. Living in the United States, we all have religious freedom, right? That comes with living here in the United States of America. You need to exercise your religious and spiritual freedom. They are a gift from God. We need to exercise that. If you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, just, I I don't know Jesus, I don't know what you're talking about. Understand this, that God loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. But because of our sin, it separates us from God. So God sent his son Jesus from heaven to this earth, and Jesus died on the cross and paid for all your sins. So now you and I can approach holy God through Jesus, but we have to come to him by faith. We have to trust him as our savior and accept Jesus, what he did for us so graciously on the cross. And say, Jesus, I accept you as my savior. I trust you by faith. Put your faith and trust in Jesus. If you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, won't you tell others what Christ did for you to provide you that spiritual freedom? Won't you do that? You live in America, so you have religious freedom. Exercise it and tell others about your spiritual freedom. That's what it gives us here. We have spiritual freedom. We have religious freedom through Jesus. Exercise those things that we have. Today we celebrate freedom. That's what this day is all about. Independence, freedom. Political religious, and spiritual. So let us do two things real quick, two things. Remember and be thankful for the price that has been paid for you. Be thankful for those who have given their lives for your freedoms that you enjoy in this country, your political and religious freedom. And also be thankful to Jesus may he provided spiritual freedom. No one else can provide that. And the freedom that Jesus provides for you is far greater than any other freedom you you're offered in this country. It's eternal. There's no other freedom that is offered you that's eternal. Only Jesus can offer you an eternal freedom, and it's through him. Number two, exercise your freedom religiously and spiritually. That's what those freedoms give you. Don't waste your freedoms. They were given to you so you can exercise them and tell others about your spiritual freedom that you have through Jesus Christ. And I thought there's no better way for us to do that than to take communion this morning. That we come and we remember what Jesus did so graciously for us upon the cross that he died on the cross for our sins, that he was buried and was raised on the third day. And today we acknowledge and we remember what he did. See, because we have religious freedom, we're able to meet today and and have this worship service because we have religious freedom today. We're able to do that. And that's what this country provides for us, religious freedom. Because of Jesus' death upon the cross, we have spiritual freedom. And we're able to commune with him and take communion with Jesus today because Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and now we have a relationship with God the Father. And he invites us to his table. That's what communion is about. Do you realize that? That Jesus is inviting his family, all those who accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, he's inviting you to his table to fellowship with him. And the only way you can do that is you have to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. You have to accept his, his spiritual freedom that he offers to every one of us. And so today, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, we invite you to partake with this this morning. We invite you to take the elements the elements are at the three different tables we're not passing them out but as when i get done praying just come up and grab the elements there's two cups one on top of the other grab both of them and go back to your seats and we'll take them together okay well let's just go as we're i'm going to pray before i pray let's just spend some time just thanking for our, thanking god for all the freedoms that we enjoy today for political religious and especially our spiritual freedom that we enjoy they all came at a cost They all came in a cost. We want to remember Jesus as we take the elements that Jesus gave his body and he shed his blood for us. Let's pray. Lord, we come and we praise you. We thank you so much for all that we have in Jesus Christ. We thank you so much, God, that we don't take these freedoms that we have in this country, of United States of America, for granted. Lord, I know that many people gave their lives. But, Lord, because of you, we have these freedoms. And they're a gift from you. And, Lord, the spiritual freedom, no one, nobody can give us that spiritual freedom, only you through your son, Jesus, who came of his own volition to die on the cross for our sins. And so today, Lord, we want to remember what Jesus did for us. That he gave his body and he shed his blood, that we might have forgiveness of sins and in eternity with you forever and ever and ever. And therefore, we have spiritual freedom no longer in bondage to sin, free to live for you. And so, Lord, we praise you and we thank you so much that. I pray for each person here as we're taking communion this morning, we remember you, of what it cost you for our spiritual freedom, what it cost you for our forgiveness of sins and that relationship with God the Father. It cost you everything. And so, Lord, we remember you and we thank you for what you graciously did for us. Lord, may you be glorified as we take this communion today. We thank you for inviting us to your table, Lord. Bless us as we take this, Lord. Be with us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name.